Hello, and welcome to the Natty's Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew D., and with me, co-host, official co-host, uh, Dwight <laughs> Lindsay. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Yeah, I'm I'm always so stoked whenever I continually see our podcast come through and like because whenever I upload one, uh, like I see all the stats from the previous ones and it's just like nice to see like the numbers growing and like uh, people are like yay, people are out there. That's wonderful. Uh, so that's 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 awesome. It's so sweet. Uh, so today we are going to uh, touch on some back to basics. We're going to get back to some fundamentals and discuss from the ground up our X-Wing game, especially as the meta changes and we're in a new meta per se, Um, bombers kicking around and new things on the horizon. So let's start with what do you what do you think is the first thing here, uh, Dwight, that uh, when it comes to getting back at the fundamentals of X-Wing, we should be looking at? Well, you know, for me, I always think it always comes back down to turn zero. Uh, You know, X-Wing 2.5 is an objective-based type of game now. We have four different scenarios, each one with actually a different approach to how you kind of place your ships and approach each objective. So I think it really comes back down to that. And uh, along with that, you know, we have these new starter kits out, so our newer players coming in they're more or less coming in with these four ship squads and with this new meta the more experienced players are coming in with squads that are a little bit bigger than that so you kind of have two different approaches to take in there for new people coming in and then the more seasoned vets oh for sure for sure uh and i don't even know about uh i mean newer players yes i believe the four ship squads because we're looking at starter packs but i don't know if even a four ship squad is is a poor choice i think there are some very strong options out there for four ship uh squads and we can get a we can look into that a little bit more but i do agree that we're predominantly seeing lists uh, around the four to six uh, ship squad uh, count. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at some stats there, uh, the Pattern Analyzer app uh, or website. If anybody hasn't used it and you're into statistics, they have tons of statistics. You can look up, uh, like, you know, how many Empire uh, squads made cut in a particular tournament. What's the most upgrade used? And uh, when I was looking at it from at Worlds last year, or this year, I guess, uh, it was basically the average ship count for Worlds was 4.2. And then if you look at the accumulation of the few tournaments that have come on now, come now, and a few, you know, the one or two World Qualifiers that have already gone through, uh, ship count's already getting up to like 4.8, 4.9. So we're starting to get more into the, you know, statistically up to a, an average of a five ship squad. Mm-hmm. Very close, very close. And when I think about the fundamentals, like where I'm going to be starting at, I think about probably uh, the these few things. I'm thinking about what obstacles I'm going to be bringing. I'm thinking about what squad I will obviously be bringing. Uh, and how like a a general idea about how i'm going to set up and uh 
and start my game. I say general because I think the best players need to be opportunistic and read the game as it changes and unfolds. And that if you have it in your mind, well, I'm going to set up this way each time, that can't possibly, in my opinion, be the best route as there are so many different lists, ships, players, obstacles, scenarios, etc. that can change that, uh, that thinking. So I think you always have to be ready to respond to what's going on, but have some basics there. Uh, so for you, let's start with obstacles. What's determining what kind of obstacles you're going to be bringing? Well, you know, if you look at the basics, right? So let's just, you know, compare size comparison. I tend to go with medium size obstacles uh, just as a generic standard to fly around because I usually fly small base ships for the most part. So I find medium uh, size obstacles are the best to kind of fly around. If I start getting into ship squads where I'm using trick shot, which there is a few like that, like a Han build or uh, Ray and the Falcon, things like that, then I'll tend to go for bigger obstacles, usually the bigger and the wider ones I can get just in order to, uh, you know, get that off. And if I am flying a medium or large base ships that don't have that trick shot kind of gimmick to it, then I am going for tiny obstacles in order to make sure I don't overlap them while we're playing. Fair enough. So you're considering perhaps what's best for your squad, right? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I was always tell new players actually bring, you know, bring one rock, one debris cloud and one gas cloud just to kind of have that little bit of variety with them but i don't necessarily follow that myself <laughs> yeah i think for me i'm looking at also so what is uh my squad going to like okay so i quite often will always bring three big rocks the reason why is i love my aces i feel like i can fly around these aces and i can Sorry, I can fly around the obstacles while I'm using my aces. Sorry, the ice machine does its work in the background. <laughs> um, so I feel like I can fly around the rocks um, pretty decently. Whether I'm bringing even large base ships, I'll quite often still bring uh, large rocks in the hopes that uh, I am... One, I'm going to still be able to fly around them. Two, maybe my opponent might land on them. And three, I like larger rocks because it creates lanes a lot easier and so I'll think about where I'm placing them and where I want to see my opponent's ships come through and where I'll be able to create pincers and traps for ships that have chosen to come through those lanes. My other options that I'll choose is I will at times go to clouds um, because they are quite low consequences for ships like decimators for example coming on through that don't have agility in the first place they're not going to be worried that they get a strain uh, furthermore if they get ionized well whatever they're just honestly they can still float forward one if they wanted to and that's a blue that's wonderful at times despite not being able to take that reinforce but 
it doesn't really affect them too too much where it could uh, affect other players ships especially small based uh, ships um, because you know ionizing a small base ship is a lot easier than a large base which is only going to happen like an eighth of a time right so those are some of the concepts i'm thinking about now i'm always curious about debris i've seen some debris choices when it comes to ships that are um they are taking benefits from it like some some considerations around corsella and things like that but apart from that i i i take debris less because i feel like it doesn't hinder my opponent that much and it doesn't provide me much benefit how do you feel about taking debris so debris for myself with my experiences usually come down to either using a scum faction where I could have, I don't know, like someone, there's, you know, all kinds of different pilots and uh, crew cards out there that can just remove that stress from you. So there almost is no consequence for it. And also I find debris clouds are actually comes back down to my trick shot where they have some of the the largest shapes or the most radius of shapes. You know, there's a lot of like kind of like L-shaped debris clouds or crescent-shaped ones that allow the trick shot to get off more. But uh, basically, for trick shot and scum are the two reasons why I usually bring that out, just because of the shenanigans uh, you can get away with with them. Yeah, I guess I could see, especially if you're flying Han or a few other ships that take advantage of an opponent ship being stressed. Also, I guess there's some room for death troopers there that not only would you encourage the your opponent to want to be taking blues and getting out of the way of death troopers procking so that they have to keep their stress, but if they got on a debris cloud, that would be pretty funny if they found themselves stressed in more ways and then, you know, death troopers are holding on to it. So I think that would be the reason why I take debris clouds is do I have stress mechanics and are the benefits uh, better for me than my opponent? And I think that's always about it is. Is this the best choice for me and my list and my comfort? And I think that's what it comes down to when it comes to choosing obstacles. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I think you said it best when we first started going in, you know, like I always start off with trying to figure out what's going to support my squad the best but you also have to keep in mind to your opponent as well that's gonna separate you know uh you know good players from great players is everything that you're looking at everything you're doing should not only benefit you but also how you play against your opponent you kind of gotta you know have both aspects you don't want to look through a silo and just be like okay this this does this this and this for me but not thinking about how it's going to affect your opponent Mm -hmm, for sure and then you know like we said next thing we're looking at our list there so what like why would you choose a four or a five or a six ship list well generically as well you know i mean we could even say three if we can even we even can consider a lower than four and higher than six just as a generality yeah so like when i'm thinking of like my perception of basically smaller squad size uh, is basically that's your heavy hitting squad, uh, preferably double tapping the most or the heaviest out damage output for that squad, the smaller the list is. And then as that list or squad size grows, 
you're putting more options on the table, but you know, spreading that firepower out more. It may not have that initial bang from your three ship squad as you start spreading out to a four, five, and six, but you're also putting multiple guns on the table that hopefully, you know, it kind of uh, allows you to outmaneuver the table a bit more. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, I think that lower ship count, Jin Erso said it best. We want 10 men feeling like 100 men. <laughs> uh, and that is the ships that are going to come in and they're going to in the first portion of the game they are going to hit hard they're going to double tap they're going to punish ships and remove ships and and the hope is that obviously that they they can hold their own while they do that and then you can mop up later so despite there being a large portion of the game that's objective play even though you have a lower ship count you don't care too too much because you're hoping to turn the tables that the sh the five ships or the six ships or whatever it may be are going to l look like two ships at the end of the game or not be able to do too too much in regards to objective play while you've scored ship uh, points from well squad points from removing them and then you're moving in and balancing it out with a little bit of objective play at the end uh, while they just run out of gas, essentially. I think that also comes into play with the four ship lists. And most often these lists have high health, high damage, high orange, so high initiative uh, in their names to be able to do this and I and I think as you move up I would say that there are some exceptions now because we do see for example first order with five fives on their initiative but not every faction is doing this uh, but but a lot of factions can at least have a mixture of some high initiative and still have a fairly high ship count when we come up to the five ship list we start seeing a bit of a change perhaps the change is that they're just not the the alpha isn't as strong as the the uh, four and three ship list but they have like a mixed bag of tricks being able to have some fairly consistent damage as well as having a fair amount of ships to manage the objective play and then as we look into six or higher we see a more push for uh, we're going to manage so many objectives and we're also going to try to at least remove some key pieces and that's how we are going to win the game and it also as everything is going to come down to style so where do you land? What do you want to fly? And what faction uh, are you flying in the first place? Because different factions do this thing differently. Uh, I would say that, uh, you know, there are some factions that really can't produce a solid three ship list, for example, um, or a solid uh, six plus a ship list. Um, I. 
so those things come into account but that's I think where the squad choices are uh, being done and then and then there's a whole piece on objective play what what is your con what do you think about when it comes to objective play how are you looking at your squad and then comparing them to objectives well usually I start off by looking at my opponent's list because every opponent's different I have to kind of look at my opponent's list first and figure out what I can reasonably get in five or six rounds in ship points. Uh, you know, if it's chance, you know, what I can get for half points. But more or less, just like realistically, how many ships I can kill. And that number is usually on average, depending on the squad, you know, eight to ten points. Unless I go hyper aggressive. And then I have to figure out how to get at least six eight more points objective i never aim for like the 20 goal because you know it's not too often that you hit 20 points unless it's a real blowout so i'm usually just trying to find that balance of what i think is actually achievable in chip points and then i'll try and balance out uh, a nice number in my head with the objectives to kind of counterbalance that and then as I'm laying my ships down, I'm planning out my attack routes, how I'm going to, where my first and second round of engagement are going to be. And then usually follow up by the next two rounds after that being kind of like my objectives rounds. So, you know, rounds two, three, that's all about the gunplay coming into, you know, uh, line of sight and shooting away. And then four or five is more my uh, objective focus. And then six, round six is kind of like a free for all between objectives and uh, engagement. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at when I'm having a list and I'm looking at okay I like this list now can it do objectives I'm looking at each objective as kind of like a whole thing so it's like hey can I run an assault which which ones am I good at which ones am I not so good at just as what the capabilities of the list are uh, you know if you have a lot of dual reposition ships um, you know who's picking up the the cargo right yeah uh, and, and that's a a, a tricky situation uh, you're like do i want to give up my maneuverability to hold this thing for points or is it best that i'm maneuvering and trying to remove ships um i think it's there i've come a lot of I've come across a lot of ships where uh, sorry lists where i'm like oh man this list is great but i don't think it can really do two of the four scenarios really well and have had to revamp them a little bit and uh, have them a little more well-rounded and still effective just so that you know scenarios are considered i think it's a foolhardy choice to ignore killing ships and also uh, to ignore playing the scenario at all. Uh, it's, um, it has to have a healthy balance in there in oh, order yeah. to be effective in my, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Now there is some kind of ways you can work around that too. Like when I was flying uh, Republic, had a lot of reposition uh, ships, so when it came to salvage, of course, that was one of my weaker scenarios, but I found in cases like that, I tend to force it to be more of an engagement type uh, match with my opponent, 
so they couldn't focus on the objectives as much and get them to play my game instead of me playing their game and you know you get into a few kind of scenarios like that where if you if a scenario isn't your strongest you can enforce how your opponent will play that round yeah and looking at this is that responding to others as they bring their lists and they play out the game it's it's looking at uh, like hey i thought i was really good at this uh, scenario but are they better like and what pieces are the dangerous pieces what pieces can i remove and what pieces i uh, are going to should i be ignoring um i played a game uh not too too long ago where it was a chopper and three t65s and sabine and I'm looking at that and being like, oh man, saying, can I remove Chopper and and still manage to deal with these three T-65s? And ultimately I chose to ignore Chopper and just kill all the other ships. Um, and Chopper just didn't have the, I had an ace archetype and Chopper didn't have the means to really maneuver and keep up with them at such a low initiative and, and such like a crawl of a pace uh, despite being a large ship, you know, the large ships sometimes, especially when they, they don't have dual arcs, uh, it's easier to get around them because there's so much, I mean, you kind of get, you can get dropped in a large net, but they're also the sides of that, that ship are so open as well, um, where it could be sometimes harder to, uh, hit the side of a small base without getting caught in the front. Um, it's easier to hit a, a large base, uh, or a medium without being caught, um, in their arc uh, so you know that uh, that consideration continues to have to be uh, a key role uh, so so we're considering the objectives we got our squad we got our objective uh, we got our obstacles uh, what what else are you considering very important aspects to uh, uh, turn zero or or uh, the fundamentals of uh, creating these lists and be able to uh, produce results with them. Well, uh, like just in turn zero in general, you know, I guess there's always the obstacle placement that's always kind of key. I I notice some people still don't put like a lot of thought and care into how they place obstacles. Where uh, I think enough of us now at this point have kind of figured out where we want things. Uh, I find some people make the mistake of putting things too far back. And then on the first round of engagement, everyone does like a three straight and they blow by or right beside their objective. So they know next round they're going to be out of range of it. So I think always being mindful of how you're placing objectives, uh, you know, for each scenario is going to be kind of key to set up your list too. Not to mention uh, how close they are to uh, objects is always, obstacles is always big too. I don't know how many times I see people put one right beside an obstacle thinking like or an obstacle right beside an objective thinking oh yeah this is what i want and then as we get playing through the game you, they kind of realize like oh no i really want this like uh, obstacle to be range one of an objective so it actually interferes with how my opponent interacts with it because putting it right beside it depending on the uh, scenario you only have to be within range one so your opponent can still do whatever shenanigans even if you put that obstacle right beside it 
I think some tricks of the trade with uh, obstacles, uh, obstacle placement. I don't know if you have any, but uh, the couple that I can think of off the top of my head are uh, one, you can place them, especially in uh, ch chance engagement. Uh, you can place them range two from the center. And so you can uh, visually see where the center is. And so you can you know, consider that when you're like, ooh, am I actually going to be in here contesting for that point? You know, if you have placed the obstacles in such a way where you're like, okay, this, I knew that this was range two, and so was that one, uh, you can really have a more of a visual cue. Uh, another uh, trick, so the trade with obstacle placement is, um, especially against large based ships, uh, or if you're using large base ships, you can try to fight against it. Um, but if you can triangle, uh, triangulate the uh, scenario objectives, uh, and if you put a rock in the middle of that, it makes it very challenging for large base ships to try to sit there and grab multiple scenario objectives with just one ship. Um, vice versa, if you try to keep the uh, obstacles outside of that triangle by placing them around the triangle to mitigate uh, being able to be placed within that range one boundary um, you can create situations where you can claim multiple scenario objectives um, do you have any uh, uh, tricks like that there Dwight yeah I think there's some we brought up before uh, if you're putting obstacles around the border like at the very bare minimum range so range two of the borders if you have a small base ship that means you, if you're within the inside of those obstacles, you can do a 4K out and not worry about going off the board. Uh, that's always a kind of a key one. And then uh, basically, it's like you said, you always have to get, especially with assault, you have to keep in mind uh, what your opponent's list is and the size of your bases to basically ensure that uh, if you're all small base and they're medium and large, like how that's going to come into play you don't want to be, you know, having one of your ships going up against, like, one of your small base going up against the medium base trying to get one or two objectives. Because those big and medium bases, you know, they, they pretty much win every time whenever it comes to the assault to try and claim that objective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think another part where I'm going to develop my list is that I'm going to... Uh, run some practice scenarios, especially against lists that are commonly in the meta. Uh, uh, and I'm um, going to set up, fly, move things around, see how they function when they, uh, I'm doing this and when I'm doing that. What's the five straight look like here? What's, the, what's this look like into that look like? Um, uh, hey, did I choose my targets wisely? You know, there was conversations where I've had with uh, Rathos in the past uh, where, you know, he's uh, had some concepts about, well, why don't you just send that ship up this way? Because you need to pull their attention to the uh, to focus on something other than the rest of your list. And if, if for example, against Malaris, Malaris is a nice piece. Dark Curse is another nice piece. There's a few pieces that are kick around in the game. Dirge is another one that I can think of where... Uh, and it, and you know, it, large base ships that have tons of health and shield, along with these other very difficult to kill pieces, are 
interesting choices for our opponents to be responding to or even for yourself to be responding to because you're thinking well is it a waste of my time to even pursue this thing and can i pursue it while i manage the rest of their list and uh and they're really great pieces to separate um the attacks on uh and uh be able to use it to your advantage you know if one thing's their focal point you can use the rest of your ships to attack other focuses or even flank what's the fo focal point uh if uh, they're if you see that they're trying to do a thing to manage you know you know trying to take out malaris for example you know instead of going aggro and take the target lock just take the evade and sit there and uh, do your glitter stim and it's so hard to kill uh, Malaris with an evade uh, hmm. and glitter stimmed up. Uh, you know, that's, it's almost, uh, you can take so much and still uh, survive. Um, and uh, practicing with these pieces and seeing how it goes for when you're practicing, um, it's really good, especially because you don't even have to play out full games. You can play into a portion of the game, realize what worked, realize what didn't work, and then you can pick it back up again and try it again. Try different a different setup and see how that responded to that list, and etc. 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 No, that yeah, that's really smart because I know uh, when I was flying my three. Uh bombers for the empire faction it uh because they have to be so close because of jonas's ability i had to really uh, i spent a lot of hours down in the basement to doing like practice maneuvering you know three ships close together you know when can i soft bank when can i hard bank uh they have a three and five k which actually comes quite new quite useful uh time to time too so i was constantly you know throwing different size obstacles down just trying to see how i can maneuver around the table making sure i don't get trapped in certain situations because when you're flying mini swarms i'll call it, it it's easy for your opponent to trap you because your movements do become predictable so you kind of have to understand all the options you do have when you're in the middle of a dogfight. absolutely absolutely Okay, so I'm just trying to continually check off our boxes. So we're we're practicing with moving our squad. We have chosen our squad with many criteria involved in the choice. We've chosen our obstacles. We, and we've got a few little tricks of the trade for where we're putting our ships and where we're putting our obstacles and where we're putting our scenarios. Uh, what else are we going to be doing at turn zero, do you think? Or not even at turn zero, but literally the fundamentals of X-Wing. I mean, the next thing I can think about is just play over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah Get for sure. as many reps in as possible. Uh, the more reps, the better. I mean, I think back to when I have gotten lost driving so many times. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and eventually... I get lost in the same place. And I'm like, wait a minute, I was here before. I'm not lost. I know my way out of here. And uh, sometimes that's kind of the how I feel about X-Wing, where it's like, I do the, you know, you you play so many times, you start being like, oh, I remember what it was like. What were some of the rules I created in my head to help support me in this uh, situation or deter me from making the same mistakes I did before? 
Um, can you think of any of those kind of situations? Well, like it just comes down to a fundamental that I know for me is uh, like, don't get stuck in a rut. Like uh, when I'm list building, you know, some I can get stuck where I'm like, okay, I think my list is fine. I just didn't fly it right. And then I have like three more matches and I'm like, no, I, I just don't have it down right. And, you know, it takes me like after like 12 matches to realize, okay, the only way this really actually works is if I fly it perfectly every time. So it's, it's not me flying it. It's the list isn't working for me. So maybe the ships are good, but I need to tweak the loadout. Like I'll take my uh, three bombers, my uh, Vizier and Boy Vader thing. Uh, you know, I flew it very well. I was doing, but then I got stuck on a rut. And what it came down to was I was too stubborn with my Vizier because I had Palp on him. And I came to realize that after 20 matches that Palp I was barely using. Like it was basically an upgrade that was doing nothing just on the rare occasion on a defense for my bombers but that was it and then i started messing around uh, with seventh sister builds with isb uh, slicer so because i really love to jam with my reapers and if he can't take the jam off at the end of the round <laughs> that's just even better and uh, i was really liking that and even uh, death troopers like uh you know you have some real fun with that and it's just don't get stuck in ruts, but don't change your list after every match as well. You know, you got to kind of play things out, try and understand your list. And, you know, you got to kind of feel things out. We have, uh, with our new meta that's here, I think we've kind of mentioned before, but proton torpedoes are off the table with most ships nowadays. So there's going to be new ordinance people are trying out, like try out different things. You know, is it clusters? Is it going to be magpulse? Uh, you know, see what, uh, you know, what works for your list. Just don't take something and fly it uh, to the end of time. You know, don't be afraid to kind of analyze uh, how that upgrade is working for you. Mm -hmm. and I, I see a lot of new players, too, come through. And I, I, think, I think I've encouraged, helped, supported lots of similes there. Uh, different players uh, starting the game of X-Wing. And uh, my words to the wise from basically everyone that I've ever uh, introduced was, uh, you know, once they have chosen what they want to buy, um, which should be at this moment just a starter kit, which is fantastic. Uh, hope hopefully it'll be like, hey, any starter kit from any faction really soon. Uh, but it's like, you know, choose the starter kit that you want. Let's say in this world there are all the starter kits around, and then. Just choose whatever ship you want to fly. A lot of people will start bogging other uh, new players down with, uh, oh, you know, there's this going on in the meta, <laughs> there's that going on in the meta. Like, ah, ah no. no. <laughs> Just, if you think it's cool, go grab it. Have some fun with it. Almost every ship is flyable in the game, so who cares? It First and foremost, it's got to be the fun of just playing the game. And it's got to be uh, the camaraderie and the spending good time with people, right? Um, and then when the next thing is like, well, how do I make this list be better? And just quite often saying, uh, you know what, go online, check out some lists that are winning in, in events in the factions that you're playing, and just, and just try it out. Just try out a meta list, right? And then once you try it out, 
uh, shape it to be your own. And I still do this to the, to the day where I, you know, I'll try to make a new list. I'll try and make another new list. I'll try and make another new list. And I'm just like, okay, well, I've made a whole bunch of new lists. And then I'll be like trying to figure out what to do next. And then I'll just go online. I'll find something that's been working and then I'll tweak it to the way I like it. And then kind of go from there and have some fun. And, and, uh, and usually a lot of that st stuff sticks. Uh, it, I do have a trick of the trade for ships, though, for flying ships. Uh, I think about one one rule of thumb uh, is uh, when I have, especially when I have an ace ship or a more fragile ship, uh, I, and I have the choice of, hey, turn this way or turn that way. Uh, if there are more guns possible to turn on you one direction, and there are less guns possible to turn on you in the other direction. Always choose the other, um, the, the less guns option. This is, and don't don't tell anyone else this because then they'll start just determining. Well, I mean, I knew you were gonna fly that way, Andrew, because you said on your podcast that uh, all more guns just fly away. Whatever, I'll surprise you, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it's just. It's always a feel bad moment when you turn and you're like, maybe they won't come this way. And then they come this way and you're like, oh no, this is very bad. <laughs> <laughs> Plan for the worst. Yeah. Do you, do you have any uh, little tidbits where it, when it comes to flying like that? Uh, you, you know, usually your, your first set of the dial is usually the, the correct choice. Sometimes you can get in your own head and, you know, you're getting into, like, outguessing your opponent or outguessing, outguessing what your opponent's going to think. And sometimes, you know, you just have to you have to go with your gut, you know, go with your instinct. You're going to build up experience as you play, and you got to learn to trust your gut sometimes. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's that. I mean, you can get bogged down with paralysis analysis going oh my goodness, is this, I could go this way, I could go that way, I could choose to, uh, the, uh, what about this way? Oh, there's a lot of guns that way. I, can I shoot that? Can I blow that thing up? I'm like, these are all really great questions. But if at the end of the day, you don't make a choice, um, well, <laughs> that's a problem. Because <laughs> 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 then you're going to look, uh, your opponent's going to look at you. And if it's in casual play, it's kind of like whatever you know let's learn and grow and if it's in tournament based play it's going to be looked at like hey uh this is too long uh i we can't play out the full game this isn't going to be the purest form of us having a match so let's get on with it so yeah just just you know at the end of the day if you can't if you really can't decide just choose one and slap it down uh and then you know <laughs> review that you're not slapping it down so that you're bumping into other ships and stuff like that as much as possible but just make a choice <laughs> if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't and quite and sometimes um the funniest things uh, it, and it ends up working <laughs> so oh yeah um and that comes and down to like uh, you know like some of the best advice i think for any new player is you know rely on your local groups there is nothing that i enjoy better than after a match sitting with my opponent and going through the match no matter who won it's just like you know i've told my opponent when i've beat them and they've told me when they've beat me like 
oh, I hear like round three when you did this, I think that's when things kind of went south because, you know, like I had this plan and this is where you fell for it. And if you look, you know, your next few rounds, you could not get out of the plan I set. <laughs> then it's like, oh, I see, I see. It's like, you know, you can like just getting feedback on your matches, you know, oh, there's just so much experience there around in, in everyone's community. And you can like just learn so much from it so the next time you're on the table no matter who you're playing you can just think back to that experience and be like okay so this is kind of what happened last time i wasn't expecting it so now it's like just another thought in the process it's like okay now i just have to be prepared for this and who knows you know you won't make that same mistake again for sure for sure i think yeah definitely learning from each other is super super key uh and be humble uh, is also very key uh when it comes to players who have been around for a while uh you, it are you know people can come along and they can still they can still you know uh, beyond just rolling better can play the game and make some choices that uh might have been better than your choices despite that you've been playing for a while and just uh, just learn from them you know learn from those uh, situations and and grow and and uh continue to be uh, a good uh player uh, when it comes to uh you know uh, being a good sport and then you know developing skills um because uh, sometimes I, you know, you see players who've been around for a long time, and they just get they get very frustrated when it's like, especially if it's a newer player or something, and it's like, well, they try start reasoning out whether it's the dice or whether it's like, well, nobody would actually make that choice in a in, a, in an actual game. Well, <laughs> uh, well, maybe they would. Who knows? Who cares? You know, just uh, learn from the situation. Um, ooh, another flying tip uh, that I, I would say is um, be careful not to get your ship stuck. And I mean stuck as in um, sometimes you'll see in games ships that will fly outside of areas of the board to the point where they're not relevant to the game. And very often there was a better choice to still continue to be relevant in the game so if you have a large base ship or some small base ships or things getting stressed and not being able to turn around etc etc and they are not doing anything for the game as in they're not shooting things they're not scoring objectives they're not uh, they weren't even a target at that time to be shot at I uh, then perhaps there was a better option um so i always like to think a few turns ahead and you can look you can look at it as just the paths of arrows that you want this ship to fly it, and and perhaps even the paths of the arrows that you feel that your opponent's ships are going to be flying uh it's and and you you know measure it out so it's like okay i went five straight here i went soft to here the next turn if i do this and then i do this you know i'm going to still be relevant around that objective or i'm still going to be relevant because most likely i'm still going to have some shots uh, but if you're in a situation where portions of your list are not relevant um 
even uh, even on the first engagement if you have portions of your ships where it's like uh, I only managed to get one in the fight and they got three in the fight and I lost a ship uh, then that's the same kind of element where you know many ships weren't relevant right so uh, keep ships relevant as much as you can in a game yeah, 100%. So, you know, it, it always has to be doing something for you, even if it's just playing the role of decoy. At least that is providing some kind of value to your list. So, yeah, I, and I'm bad for that, too. Another thing is, too, is I get too caught up with uh, trying to avoid tax sometimes that I end up barrel rolling, you know, within range that I know next move I'm going to move through an obstacle just because I'm so focused on getting into a range three of an opponent so I get that one extra defense dice. So yeah, situational awareness is always kind of key to keep in mind. Yeah. It's too easy to just get focused on survivability that, you know, you kind of overlook uh, basic things as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we've touched on many things today. Dwight, anything else that you want to um, talk about before we sign off for the day? Well, you know, uh, just keep in mind that this month we have our Critical Hit Store Championship. Uh, it's on a Saturday, which means we get to do a cut if we have people. Woohoo! I'm looking forward to that. Lots of other tournaments going on in the province this month, too. Store Champs, you know, we're just throwing out those world invites left, right, and center. Everyone come on out and, uh, you know, go uh, run your best list. Go for the gold. And uh, new players are always welcomed out Tuesday and Friday night. Uh, Brew Wizards Tuesday, critical hit on Friday. Uh, buy the starter packs. Visit the gamer table. Everybody play X-Wing. <laughs> Everybody. This is the only choice. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much to uh, for listening. I've been your host, Andrew D., I'm your co-host, Dwight Lindsay. Yes, yes, <laughs> let it let it slide off your tongue, Dwight. Yes, uh, we are always rooting for you, and if all else fails, just roll natties. natties.